I'm gonna I'm, I I plan out on always on always going www dot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never gonna stop that now. I was like, oh, sir, you should not have told me that. I'm that petty. I'm that petty. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Other things in the world of Catching Foxes. It's really funny because, um, so yesterday our video premiered. Were you able to be on there for, for most yeah, of it? Yeah, yeah, no, the whole time. Oh, that's awesome, man. That is awesome. I was able to catch little snippets. And the only snippet I heard, the main one that I heard was when we were reading negative comments about our show and that woman jerks for Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> The way you stare at me while he's reading that. <laughs> it was a look of love. I was and I was defending you. Your honor. Of, I know. It was a look of love. I love you. Oh man. Uh yeah. So for everyone who does not know, our appearance on the Mad Frad show, which is Mad Frad's new show on YouTube, just premiered. And it was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> It was. You sound, you sound so tired. <laughs> I'm not tired. What makes you feel like? Think <laughs> that I'm the, there is a very sad resignation in your yeah, 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 and all this stuff. So they do all of these things. They were selling data that they shouldn't have to third parties. A big scandal. They're getting fined. Can I interject really quick? Yeah, I have to pee so bad. Yeah. was your urination oh it was such a relief <laughs> I, I'm, I guarantee you there were so many comments on youtube like why is a bald fat guy getting so uncomfortable and just like keep going like this with a with a dinosaur that's weird <laughs> well kids he had to pee really badly so luke how you doing good we're recording in the morning so i'm always intrigued by how these morning things are going to go yeah you're not hammered <laughs> uh, you're not so tired that you're trying to say stuff that you're probably going to regret down the, down down the road, which people mistake for authenticity. <laughs> He's authentic. No, he stayed up late watching Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. This is just at the end of the day where you just say the craziest shit because you're tired. All right, Luke. Luke, I need yeah, your friend. honest opinion, man. All right, let's do it. Uh, okay, let's uh, shake out the silliness. And let's get down to the brass tacks. Captain Marvel, first thoughts. Uh, good, not great. It's fine. And they really, really want you to know it takes place in the 90s. <laughs> they are not subtle about it at all. Not in the slightest. <laughs> the one thing that threw me off was the Fonz lunchbox. Why is that a night? The Fonz, a 90s thing? Well, that's more from... Uh, oh, I guess the people like who were there were there for a long time. The 80s, yeah. 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 Got yeah. it. Okay. The whole time I'm like, well, I don't understand. Yeah, I know. It was weird. Um, wh what are your first thoughts? Uh, my first thoughts were... Uh, it is not... It is a rental. It's mm. not worth the movie theater ticket. Mm -hmm. It's not worth it. Yeah, um, I agree. I was excited because I, okay, so here's the deal. I like Brie Larson, and the only thing I know about Brie Larson is her YouTube mega clips of her being just hilarious on all these, like, late-night talk shows. For a while, was eating dinner in the shower. I was, like, adamant that I, that that was going to be a great time saver. I was always really concerned. Well, that's just a sign of mental illness more than that. <laughs> dinner in the shower no, you can't because you can't like shampoo and eat a steak at the same time like scalp potatoes doesn't work in the shower it right. doesn't taste good with water i mean that's it right so i think that is i think she is so funny when she's like off the cuff and i felt like she was wooden in the movie you're just like yeah what yeah no i um i thought the dialogue was very poor uh yeah. like there are just a few times I remember uh, they would have a line and it just like it um, it, pu it pulled me out of the movie because I, I would have this thought of really that's the line that you used that, that seems very okay. <laughs> yeah, I would say the worst part about the movie is the writing. Yeah, I would agree. Um, the, some like of the, the action was and this has been repeated by a lot of people. So I think I'm going to go with you on the writing part. But a close number two is a lot of the action is very dark. And it's kind of hard to tell, like, what's really going on or, like, what, like, okay, they're fighting now, I guess. 
Yeah. And I liked her. I liked I liked the idea of Captain Marvel. I thought all that stuff was good, but there was some part I never once never once laughed, you know? And Marvel has been interesting because they've made it funny. Right? Like so many of their movies are funny. And mm-hmm. they've gotten criticism for that because they'll have a serious moment and they'll throw out a joke or something. Um I'm trying to think of what what was one of the kind of famous example was it oh i can't remember but how it should have ended did a whole bit about constantly cracking jokes on on marvel Mm -hmm. but um but this i didn't laugh once i didn't laugh once man and i was going in there was some haterade about her and about the movie and about like their disney the disneyification is making it to like pro-feminist agenda and i watched the movie and i'm like yeah yeah, I didn't really. I mean, there's a few things in there that's definitely like girl powerish, but I was like, fine, it's, it's fine, it's fine, it's good. I, it didn't bother me at all. It, yeah, you know, it didn't. I, I didn't think it like was super inspiring, um, <laughs> but I didn't think it was because uh, like you know when because like there are ways when you, like people in films can make points or things that are yeah. like like you know and they're good and and, and they're quite often like this a, a good point. But it just comes across as like flat or stale. Um, there's a there's one part where it's a little bit like that for me, but I just enjoyed that they were just women, and there were women who uh, I don't want to give away too much, but um, you know, there's like a little bit of like look at the stuff we had to overcome because we are women, yeah. but it wasn't so heavy handed that I was just like, okay, we get it. You know, it was just kind of a part of their story. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was fine. But uh, I thought that the aged Nick Fury was fantastic. His CGI was insane. Yeah. Like, that is um, really cool. They were able to, especially for a shared universe. I'm glad they've nailed down that technology. I think that's really, really cool. Yeah. Dear DC Universe. When photoshopping out Superman's mustache, please see how they made all of Samuel L. Jackson look 20 years younger. Right? Like, yeah. you, you saw that yeah. for the Superman thing, right? For Justice League. Oh, yeah. It's horrible. He, he looks so fake. What was the movie that he was in? Was it Mission Impossible? Yeah, he was. Yeah. yeah. Which I don't think is quite as good as everyone was making it out. Yeah, another. no kidding. It was like it. It was fine for a Mission Impossible movie, but it wasn't God's gift to action I know. movies. Everyone was just acting like, this is effing great. And I was like, I don't know. I mean, I think it may have just been the, the surprise to a lot of people. You know, when you, like, have a movie that you, like, so this happened with me and, Han- and Hancock. Hancock's a really bad movie. I remember <laughs> when we w- were watching it, the first half of it is pretty interesting. I remember, like, this is, like, I was so shocked at how, interesting it was like this is great and then in my mind and then i was like okay then, but this last half of this is terrible but i was like it's a gr-. and then like like and the more i thought about it, i was like okay so it's probably just like an average first half but the surprise of what they were going for was cool yeah so that's a terrible analogy everyone so i just wasted the past 30 seconds of your life um i want to get your take on this do you think the music was a good or bad choice for the film uh okay so here's the problem okay <laughs> everything has to be nuanced luke here's the problem with it, it the music was f- like the song choices i liked uh just i'm just a girl I- iffy but i mean guardians already did it and is known for it you know what mm, i mean like that's the yeah, hard part for yeah. me to get to like it is it's like oh and yeah you're also doing uh period piece soundtrack of pop culture music okay i mean i i get why they did it obviously because if you're doing something that takes place back in the day it makes sense to have that music and it's going to be i mean it's the 90s it's going to be instantly nostalgic for those of us in our you know 30s and 40s or whatever oh man i said 30s and 40s instead of 20s and 30s <laughs> oh no oh, oh, oh god death comes for us all sorry anyways uh, my wife a little sooner um the <laughs> the so i mean I, I, you know the phrase that i keep coming back to is on the nose right i felt yeah, like sometimes yeah. with the feminism they were a little on the nose like uh jessica jones right jessica jones 
was a feminist piece from beginning to end, but I didn't feel like it was on the nose at any one point, like, we're pro-woman. And it's like, oh, look, my best friend is a black woman who's a single mother, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> it's like the most stereotypical trope. I was listening to this dude, uh, Eric Eric July, and he's he's a black dude on YouTube that loves comic books and loves being an anarcho-capitalist. And uh, he just, he he was like, this is how white liberals ruin ruin black characters because apparently the daughter of the single mom, the daughter is another version of Captain Marvel. Black mother playing right into the stereotype. Frank Monica's father is nowhere to be found. They specifically use this character to really boost Curl Danvers. That's the only reason she exists. She's just a black child that looks up to Curl as if she's this great white hope and she calls her auntie. This obviously was never the case, never the case in the comics. They obviously used Monica as a character because she had that connection to Captain Marvel in name. It's like they were itching to check a diversity box we need a black female oh let's just take monica rambeau and turn her into a child right the child of this single mother so for the sake of elevating this white chick one that was never liked in the comics in the first place they destroyed the legacy of monica rambeau the only reason they got away with this is because curl is a female and it's like hmm. how funny that these white people going out of their way to write a character who's amazing and strong this this woman has to be propped up by a single black a single mom black female and the one like it, i don't know so he he was going after that because it's like the only black superhero that legitimately fit in that they made a child and so he was like i hate all this crap you white liberals don't know how to write for black characters so anywho um yeah i so the music was on the nose at certain parts like like i I was talking about this yesterday. One person was saying how the no doubts, I'm just a girl. I don't know. They, that it actually took them out of enjoying the fight scene. Yeah, I guess because it's, it, it's, you're right. It's too, um, it's like, yes, that like, it's almost like, well, what other song could they play there? Right. You want to like, you know, have a night and uh, besides like a spice girl song about girl power. <laughs> there's no other 90s song you could i mean i mean there is um i actually yeah. really would have loved to seen like i'm a bitch which might sound a little bit harsh or but that like could you imagine that playing during during that fight scene <laughs> it actually would be kind of awesome and, uh, and, and i mean i don't like i i don't i actually really don't like that word um bitch but uh especially when it's applied to women uh, so i probably would not have liked it so I take this back, but I feel like the tone of it would have fit a little bit better than I'm just a girl. Yeah. No, no, I can be totally wrong. <laughs> We're going to get some hate mail for that one. I do not feel ashamed. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, Luke, why did you do that? It's eight 30. <laughs> yeah. But this is the, on the nose thing. It's like, why does it have to be a girl power song? Why can't it just be a power song? Well, because right? I like, think it does. Yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. And therefore, like, it becomes it, a girl power thing because it's just about finding, you know, your own, your own power. Yeah. And, <laughs> I mean, it's a girl beating the crap out of people with a song that's awesome and heavily nostalgic. Now, I didn't hate it with with that song i thought i mean it was clever what they were doing but there was just like parts of it that were like on the nose that made me say wow you could have been you could have been a little bit more subtle but okay hmm yeah i am um, there's actually some interesting i i think um my like whole like i'm a bitch thing that that didn't come across as harsh right that song hopefully everyone knows what song i'm referring to I'm a bitch. I'm a mother. I'm a child. I'm a lover. Yeah. I'm a sinner. I'm a saint. I, don't, I do yeah. not. I do not feel ashamed. I'm your ass. I'm your. I'm nothing in between. You know you would. Right. I love that song. Um, my favorite film 
critics, uh, the Garrison and Leach podcast, they really didn't like the soundtrack, but they're about like about 10 years older than us. So the, or so, so the nineties was when they were in their early twenties and college. Oh, sorry. I'm getting a phone call and I'm going to ignore that. Sorry, Sarah Rogers. You'll have to wait. Um, so they really didn't like us. They felt there were like other songs. Like I didn't realize how, how many people like in the nineties didn't like Bush or um, no doubt or things like yeah. that, that I was like, wait, what, what? They're, they're great. And I kind of <laughs> realized like there's the, there's like the pop culture. Um, they're like, people have different experiences of what like, of like, what like nineties music is. Yeah. And these guys were like very annoyed that the soundtrack was like the popular stuff, not the stuff that people thought was really good. Like bands like L L seven dinosaur junior, things like that. And I was like, Oh, this, and I feel like it, it, it played more to people our ages, nostalgia of the nineties. I thought, cause like, you know, when you look at like all, all of the posters in the, in the background, when she's by the one like music store, it's all bands. Like we were listening to at like 12, 13 years old. Right, right, right. Right. It's written for us. Gosh, I love that. Everything in the culture revolves around us. <laughs> <laughs> it's wonderful. Yep. Yep. One thinks of every superhero movie are from comic book lines that are just Straight from the nineties when I was collecting comic books as a little kid. You're welcome, America. You're Star welcome. Wars comes out soon. Uh okay, so what um no one cares what, that Star Wars is coming out soon. I know. Literally <laughs> no one cares. I, I think it might, if it's not good, I think it's probably gonna bomb. So. I think I I just imagine George Lucas sitting in his billion dollar on top of a billion dollar mound of money, and he's just laughing at Disney. Like you ruined it, you completely ruined it. But he did as well. Like let's be yep. so. I mean, here's the thing: George Lucas gets too much credit for Star Wars. Uh oh, uh oh. Here we go. Here we go. So there's really two other individuals that need. Okay, so like film is inherently a collaborative medium. Uh, it's one of the things that like really makes film awesome. Now the director does have probably the most control. He's like the quarterback or the, or the, or the um, head coach. But uh, there's this guy named Gary Coots. who was the producer on the Gary first Coots. two, on the first two star Wars films that actually deserves way more credit than he gets in the, in the public for star Wars. He's the one who can rein George, like kind of steer George in the right direction. And like, I think he's one that convinced him to make Han Solo, like not an alien and made him a human being um, and different things like, like that. And then George, then George Lucas's ex-wife did all the editing on the first two Star Wars films, I believe as well. And um, she gets a lot of credit for, I think she may have won an Oscar for, I don't, I don't remember, but like he, which is like so that's one of the theories as to why the prequels were so bad was because if you if you really look at his or his first ideas for what star or for Star Wars, they're batshit crazy. And you could see and they kind of fit more in line with the prequel than what they do with the or with then with the original films because he had other um, people reining him yeah. in. Yeah. And, and so I think about this in terms of uh, going back to Captain Marvel, like, um, I thought the things that I liked about the movie, I thought were the villains, the people, the plot twisted villains and stuff like that, that we, we won't share. We're not going to do a spoiler thing. But, um, and the cast of characters that were around, I mean, Samuel L. Jackson's character was a little goofy, right? Like, you don't think of Nick Fury as being goofy, but mm-hmm. he was, and you see it in the previews, like, Aren't you the cutest little thing? Aren't you cute? And what's your name, huh? Gary. What's you? I'll be back. I would say 90% of the time he was in the movie what you see in the preview trailers or whatever. Um, and I thought that was stupid. I understand why they did it in the sense of like, you know, like these, this is what he was like before, you know, he became paranoid and all this stuff. But I feel like when you when you watch uh, Captain America, uh, is it Civil War? No, Captain America, Winter Soldier. Is that the one? Mm, yeah, 
Winter Soldier, where they release all of Hydra's secrets and Shield secrets, like with mm-hmm. Robert Redford. Like yeah, the Robert yep. Redford character kind of reveals that Nick Fury was always this hard ass force of nature, but then when you see him in the '90s, he's kind of goofy, right? Like, did you think of his character as like a little goofy? Um, it didn't really bother me as much because I think there's a I think they were trying to show that like okay so time has changed this guy it's hardened hardened him up a bit but you do have a good point about how um uh what robert redford's character said about him in the winter soldier i think you bring up a good point about that yeah i mean he's, how, yeah. yeah sorry no no what are you guys no no I, I, I just it's implied that he's always been a badass yeah yeah, and so you have you have that, but I think the reason one of the reasons why is he was the comic relief. Yeah, which isn't very Nick Furyish. That's for sure. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. That's why it was so out of character. Maybe that's why I just. Yeah, yeah. I um. But I didn't I, I like thought... the cat. I didn't like the cat. I did not like that at all. I liked all the parts up until the cat. Aren't you the cutest little thing? Aren't you cute? plot twist okay here's the thing about that if the cat is the most special part of the film you've got something wrong which is like <laughs> there's a lot of people on the internet who are like the cat oh my god it's the cutest thing ever all the feels the cat um it's like yeah that's a sign that this film isn't as good as, as it should be uh yeah. i liked fury and uh captain marvel's relationship i thought that was cool yeah i did too um where do you put it in terms of like the marvel films Above Thor 2, that's it. Uh, okay. Um, see, here's my problem. I don't think it was better than Iron Man 2. Or no, 3. no. Or Iron Man 3. No, I give it, I put it in the second worst. See, I don't know if I do it. I, I think I put it above um, Doctor Strange. Like, I would give it like a B minus. So, above Doctor Strange, above. Thor one and two, although Thor two actually kind of grows on me. I think Thor two is beautiful. It's a beautiful movie. Um, the colors, kids, the colors. Um, <laughs> the I put it on the top of the bottom. Man, I don't. Yeah, see, here's the deal. Like when you compare it with Doctor Strange, I think the story of Doctor Strange was better, and I think because it was an origin story too. I think the story of Doctor Strange was better. I think the actor that played Doctor Strange is far better than the actress that plays Captain Marvel in terms of their character. Um, I don't. I think Captain Marvel had a better villain and a better um, kind of cathartic moment of defeating the villain. Yeah. And yeah. and Doctor Strange, it was like, wait, who is the bad guy again? What's his name? Who's the really big dude? The evil dude from like it, it was like a clever. Yeah. A clever moment to win, but that was it. And so, um, yeah. So I I do think there's elements there, but I put Captain Marvel as I give it a at best to see. I just I could not. Now I watched it in a, a brand new movie theater in an Ooh. IMAX movie theater. Ooh, the one that's right by your house. We're going to go to at some point in time when I fly yes. in to Houston. Be like, sorry, Shan kids, Daddy and Luke have got to go see a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that one. And I had taken a nap, and it was the last showing, so I was wide awake for it. I was excited. I'm excited. And I wasn't excited. I didn't I didn't laugh once. Come on, man. All uh, the jokes were so easy. Yeah. No, that's true. The, it, it, okay, can I, can I uh, last, last part, then I'll stop. I did like, I actually wish, okay, th- th- like, this is how I, this is what I wish they would have done. It's not that I wanted to see a ton of this, but I would have liked to have seen um, less on the nose 90s songs besides the garbage song. That was awesome just because I love that song. I love that song garbage. and I love the way they use it in the movie. I thought that was great. Yeah. I would have, they had like a lot of like film references to the 90s that I really liked. And I actually would have loved like one or like one or two of them more, um, but not so many that it became too much. So I there was a Pulp Fiction reference, a Terminator one, and then one to Independence Day. And I thought that, especially the Independence Day, I was like, I see what you're doing here. That's awesome. 
When did they do that? What, what so was the independence? It's when they're flying through the canyon uh-huh. at at the end. It's like not a shot for shot remake, but it is very much like the scene when Will Smith is flying right. the, the, the like uh, yeah. in the canyon and and Independence Day. And that's total that had that, there's no way that that is an accident. That's awesome. Okay. Okay. I was yeah. even thinking, oh, this is just like Will Smith and Independence Day. Okay. Yeah, and and that's intentional. Like cuz uh they did the thing with when uh, uh so there's there's one time when a character has has a milkshake. It's very Samuel L. Jackson ish in pulp fiction. Gotcha. And then you have the whole like motorcycle clothes thing from Terminator. And so I actually, okay, now in hindsight, I think it would have been cool if they had like, if they like, had like less like music and more movie references. Huh. Okay. Okay. Like, I, I just, I always, and that like happens a lot with, you know, in film and with, and with, in on books and it, and it, can, it can become too much too on the nose. Yeah. But uh, like, for some reason I didn't like the whole Stanley Mallrats thing. I don't know why. I was like, oh, it's a little. I mean, it feels like the obvious thing to go for here. Why mall rats? Because he has a cameo in mall rats, and so he's rehearsing his cameo in mall rats. <laughs> I didn't get that. Okay, I was like, oh, look, Stan Lee, that's funny. And I was like, what? But why is he reading a script for mall rats? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Kevin Smith, you have given us so many gifts. Has he? Nope. I kind of think he's overrated, but anyway, (laughs) of course he is. (laughs) I'm like, you made a few good movies and you have made a career off of that respect, sir. Um, okay. Uh, I think we're, we're done. Anything else on Captain Marvel? I have, uh, do you have other things? No, I have a thing. You got a thing? Yeah. I just, I'm, let's just take a break from talking about Catholicism. I think we could all just like use a good break. We're terrible human beings, Gomer. And I think one of the things that people like us who are awful, what we need, in my opinion, is to really be a part of like movements or to or to tap in the different movements, tap in the different like tap in the different like religious groups, tap in the different communities. Do you think that that's important? Do you think that I'm like full of crap? What do you oh, think? Oh man, community, community, community. We all need community. And I got one hell of a community for you, Luke. <laughs> Tell me about this hell of a community that you have. <laughs> the Brothers and Sisters of Charity. It is a Catholic-based community. Yeah. It's a Catholic-based community that has been in existence for over 40 years, started by John Michael Talbot 40 years ago and 18 inches shorter on his beard when his beard was 18 inches shorter. He has a long beard. I imagine when John Michael Talbot is playing his guitar, his beard gets caught up in the cords of the guitar. I just imagine he's such a long beard. I always like to imagine as well that like like he like walks and plays guitar in his bare feet <laughs> and it's like hum, 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 hum. <laughs> lift like high that. the banners of love, John Michael of love, Hallelujah. Okay, so I'm in bare feet. <laughs> so the members consist not just John Michael Tao, but the members consist of consecrated brothers and sisters, celibate singles, and also families. There is a domestic expression of the brother and sisterhood of charity that's located throughout the United States. We got one here right down the street for me. We're all about the intentional community and practices that uh, of contemplative and charismatic expressions of the Catholic faith. Their primary founder is Jesus. Take that. Their primary rule is scripture. Bada boom. And our primary law is love. Our mother house. Aww. All you need is a primary law of love. That's from the Beatles. Uh, our mother house, Little Portion Hermitage, is located in Berryville, Arkansas. In addition, there's a satellite monastery in Houston called St. Clair. We would love to have you come and see what our community is all about. We have cell groups. Ooh, that's edgy. That's cutting edge. Cell groups are cutting edge. Cell groups. Yeah, that meet weekly or biweekly to read scripture, pray the divine office, and discuss the rule and constitution based on St. Francis and St. Benedict. To learn more, go to the website at littleportion.org. That's, as Luke says, www.littleportion.org. Ache me on www.littleportion.org. That's www.littleportion.org. www.littleportion.org. Sorry, you were saying, Gomer? 
And follow us on Facebook at Brothers and Sisters of Charity at Little Portion. Also, there will be a regional gathering here in Houston at Prince of Peace Parish on Memorial Day weekend. And we would love to have you check it out. Please go to the website for more details. Once again, the Brothers and Sisters of Charity, Catholic-based community. Uh, you can find them on littleportion.org. Thank you for sponsoring this show. There's been a debate going on, and I want your take on this. Do you think the Dark Knight is overrated? No. Do you think the Dark Knight is better than Batman Begins? Yes. Do you think that the Dark that Batman Begins is a better Batman film than the Dark Knight? No. That as I've heard this on a different podcast now, people starting to you know kind of question how good the Dark Knight actually is and argue that Batman Begins is a better Batman movie. Uh, I can understand why people think it's a better Batman movie because it's all about Batman. It's not about the villains, but only in insofar as they go to shape and form the Batman. Whereas the second movie, The Dark Knight, is a lot more about the villains and they're all interacting. And I think that's the the right move because if you look at it as a triptych, right, you have the 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 setup, right, you have the center thing, and then you have how it all ends. And so the second one needs to be about how the existence of the Batman creates a whole new type of villain. Right. And I think that is why it's not as much about, as, uh, like you said, a, a Batman movie, right? It's not about him uh, coming up with cool gadgets and, you know, being the, you know, you had to build the superhero, so it was all about the superhero being built in the first one. So I get that. The second one, I I think it, it's all about the 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 villain piece, right? And I think I think they did that correctly. The third one, I think, went off the rails. Yeah, they tried to do way too much, and they the, did they, that. The third one, yeah, that's all. That that's the only problem with the third one. The actors are great. Uh, Bane's costume doesn't really make sense. How does the man eat? <laughs> Oh, success has defeated you. I am so hungry. I have to pour insure through a feeding tube in my tummy. Oh, I have a lot more in common with old people than you'd think. I go to bed at 8 o'clock. Oh, and I pee three times an, an hour. I also am wearing the pens underneath this manly, manly villain costume. I have a wrinkly penis. <laughs> Fact. <laughs> yeah, I, I, get, I get a bath outside in a forest with my special <laughs> lady friend on a Cialis commercial. <laughs> in fact, this contraption on my face administers Cialis 24 hours a day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of those old people that some people find attractive because I've got bald hair and muscular. I don't know where I'm going with that. <laughs> and you went off the rails just like The Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> yeah, it does. It really. It could have been such a good movie. Then all of a sudden it was just like, okay, and uh, uh, let's just do, like, I didn't, like, now let's just do a tale of two cities. <laughs> uh, I like yeah. the fact that there's a prison that exists in this world where they just throw criminals in a hole, but they give them a way out. It's just a really difficult <laughs> way out. <laughs> you just got to jump, broken back, broken back, Batman. And you have to chant, oh, gosh, the whole thing was just like a broken, what? I'm like, what? Why? What? What's going on here? Yeah. So it felt, weird. It felt like a slog. Like, yeah. the film just feels like it's like I, I don't watch it because I don't want to go on that emotional journey. <laughs> the other thing is, what is Bane doing in Gotham? He's doing, uh, what? what is it called? Oh, shit. What were those riots that happened all over? Protests? Oh, the one. Yeah, it was trying to tap into the whole, like, 1% thing. Uh, yeah. Oh gosh, what was it called? The ninety nine percent or something? Or yeah, no. But they there, there was this, a specific name for that. Yeah, I keep saying Black Lives Matters. I was like, no. Oh, what was it? Oh shoot! So many movements. So many, so many movements. So <laughs> little keep time. track of them sometimes. <laughs> I mean, I'm all about like seek justice. And I'm all about retweeting justice. Okay, I am all about retweeting. <laughs> justice yeah twitter is i, I feel like um occupy SNL, thank you this was killing occupied. me God, occupied. that's right that's right gosh straight up occupy yeah. <laughs> um so what are you about to say about twitter 
I feel like, okay, so I feel like we've kind of exhausted that conversation by the dark, by the dark night. So, what, do you, I mean, do you agree with me? Do you think I'm right? I, mean, I know I'm, yes. my my gut instinct is yes. I, I think okay. it's interesting that we're like I, I always kind of like how people start to like reassess films, and yeah. when you kind of and when you start to have like a broader um, national conversation about that, I always think it's kind of interesting. Like yeah. two or like two uh, two or three years ago, I mean, this is like a very like niche group as well, so it's not like everyone is. I'm talking about this, but people started to go, "Is Forrest Gump actually good?" And now people are like, "It's underrated." Um, <laughs> I'm. I think there's some interesting points. I, I could see people saying that the dark that Batman Begins is a better Batman movie because the Dark Knight Rises is a very, very is is a better movie. It's a very, very good movie. Um, that happens to be a superhero film, and I would rather have more of those. But I understand why people like when you have more. Um, it's not very genre specific. And I think Batman Begins is. And I can see why some people would like that more. If you yeah. like if you love if you really love that genre. Yeah. Um the biggest criticism of the Dark Knight is the third act. Okay. And I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, but I get it. You mean the the boat part? Yeah. 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 You know, to, and I still don't quite, I mean, I like, <laughs> I'm still trying to like wrap my mind around the whole, I'm like, how does he put it? Like, I'm the, this is the hero they deserve, but I'm the one that they need, or I'm the one that, that, that they deserve, but this is the one that they need. Yeah. I always thought that was, I'm like, man, this is kind of not a complex idea, but this is kind of a heavy idea. And I remember being like, is Batman, the, he, he, he said this is the one that they deserve, right? Yeah. Is Batman? Yeah, then, he's like, I'm not the hero they want. I'm the hero they deserve. I think that's like what like that's an interesting concept to me. Well, that's the whole juxtaposition between the Dark Knight and the White Knight that was supposed to be Two Face. They need a, a a man who is good to his core, who can be in public, who doesn't have to hide his face. But the problem is, they can't have that right now. It's too bad. So he has to go into the darkness. And beat the hell out of all the bad people with his fist, because that's what justice is in the comic book world. Fisticuffs. But either punching people or shooting beams out at people. Um, but the idea is that he needs to get the city to a place where Batman is no longer needed. That's the hero that you you really want a hero like Harvey Dent. But you don't deserve Harvey. You deserve Batman. Hmm. I, and that's just kind of interesting because it's kind of sad. Oh yeah. You know? Oh yeah. <laughs> like, if, if you don't, if you if you don't come away a little depressed, you're doing Batman wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I'm brooding. <laughs> no one broods like me. <laughs> this, is, it, this is my favorite. I, I, I've never read this comic, but I think it's such a dark and crazy ass line. I think he's talking to Superman or something, and he goes. The uh, um, difference between so like we both we we both stared into the abyss and the difference between like like between like you and me you blinked yeah <laughs> that was, that like, was... <laughs> we both looked into the abyss but when it looked back at us you blinked. Yeah, that was uh, that was a line in one of the Batman cartoon movies, which I have seen every one. Of. So dark. Um, <laughs> okay, I was gonna go somewhere else. I forget where. where okay, Twitter. Yeah, there was an there was an SNL skit that was really interesting, and they were talking about it was like, can you play that? And it was all these actors. And now it's time for actors' least favorite game. With your host, Denny Glanz. Hello. Hello, hello. And welcome to Can I Play That, where I describe a role in an upcoming movie, and our contestants, David, Jackie, and Lawrence, all working actors, will have to decide, can I play that? <laughs> For example, it was just announced that Will Smith will play the father of the Williams sisters. But can he play that? Uh, Lawrence. Yes, of course. He'll do a great job. Oh, anybody else? He absolutely cannot. He's not black enough. What? <laughs> you are right, Jackie. Wait, wait, wait. Is this real? It sure is, because this game is produced by Twitter. 
one mistake and we'll kill you. All right. And, uh, there, and so the, so the um, people on the show were uh, playing actors, and I was like, can you play this, play this, play this role? And then one of the jokes in it was, for some reason, Twitter like says that you can't, and they have this power now, so here we are. And, you know, so <laughs> it, it comes from this whole thing where people are getting angry that, like, blind people are being cast in blind roles or people who are um, – you have, you have actors who aren't disabled being cast as roles as disabled people. Just saying that, you know, we're not giving those people a chance to have those – to have, like, you know, those roles. And Twitter gets – does Twitter have too much power is what I'm wondering. And if so, how – do you correct that? Twitter is the power of the mob. That's what Twitter is. Twitter is the emotional autonomic response of the internet because of its short character, right? Because you can only have X amount of X amount of characters. Um, it only points to initial visceral reaction. I think that's what, I think that's the point of Twitter. The point of Twitter is not to have ongoing conversations. Like people hate my three, my thirteen tweet threads. Like people say that all the time. They're like, "Well, Gomer's writing another another novel, right?" And which I'm fine with because I feel like I have to say it. But the even if you read those those long threads, my chain of threads, they're it's visceral. It's like this is what I'm feeling right now, and I have to say something about it, right? So I think that's the problem of Twitter is it is. It is built for emotional release. Mm. And and because it's built for emotional release, it fosters that mob mentality because you're probably following people who agree with you. And so I think it fosters that like, well, let's all gang up and get them, you know? And it's a, uh, you know, I, I don't want to use this term rudely, but it's a digital lynching, right? It's manufactured outrage at something it's hyper emotionalism. It's a mob mentality, and then it's a public crucifixion, right? Like that's the ongoing wave of Twitter right now, over and over again. And um, the fact that our entire lives are digitized, and <laughs> you know, now, now who's the latest guy? Tucker Carlson. <laughs> Have you heard about this guy? Mm -hmm. He made some like wildly inappropriate comments about a seventeen-year-old girl. I don't know everything about it. People, calm down. I just saw fire hashtag fire Tucker Carlson and I clicked it and it's like, he's refusing to quit. Look, he's saying bad things about a 17 year old girl. So I don't know everything about it, but apparently he said some horrific things to on like a radio show or something. And you start going through this and you're like, this is the, this, it foments emotional response. Like it's, it's meant for that. Yeah. I, it's, um, I, the, it's weird, man. It's 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 just getting to a point where I'm like, this uh, this is too much, and so I th I think I am. Um, uh, I, I I what I've started to see with it myself, and I wonder if this is going to happen more within the broader culture. Is I don't take what people are saying. Um, it's not. I don't, especially since the whole Covington Catholic thing. I just don't take what people are saying seriously anymore. Yeah. So yeah, okay. it, it's lost a little bit of its punch. Yeah, I think it, Twitter has this, like, when the nerds were on Twitter, Twitter was like the, what did one guy call it? The nervous center of the internet. Meaning it was like something is happening on one side of the world, and I can find out about it right now. Because a guy in Africa has Twitter set up on his dumb phone, because Twitter was originally built around text messaging. So you would text message a service, it would identify your phone number and post the message for you on the internet. And so that was how this, that's why the thing was limited to however, you know, 170 characters or whatever it was, uh, 140, 170, whatever. Um, that's why it was set up that way. So like people all over the world, not just fancy Americans with their feature phones mm -hmm. can, can, can do it. But I, I think there's like this ethos that Twitter is where the conversation is happening and I don't think that's true. Twitter is where links are posted. Twitter is where, uh, you know, funny gifs are posted. And Twitter is where emotions are posted. <laughs> and that's it. 
Which is interesting because you'd think that, like, this, well, I remember uh, a couple of years ago, I was I was into the Twit podcast. I mean, gosh, it was probably yeah, yeah, yeah. more like eight or like eight to, you know, 10 years ago now. They're talking about what's great about Twitter was it forced you to be concise with what you wanted to say. Right. And I think that could go either way, that you either would become more yeah. reasonable or super emotional. Because you're just yeah, getting but, to the point. Yeah, yeah, that would be the hope. That would be the hope that it would force people to really think about their tweets and how they're going to compose them. And but I think if if we've got this, you know, huge like because again, like Twitter is just this worldwide conversation that's going on. I mean, there are so that, that means there are literally hundreds of millions of different um, conversations. I mean, there are different kinds of uh, kinds of Twitter. You know, I'm involved probably in like yeah. Two main kinds of Twitter. I'm involved heavily with cat with Catholic Twitter, and I'm involved with USML soccer Twitter. And there's such a mob mentality to both at times, and it's super interesting. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, it, it was Leo Laporte is the one from the Twit podcast that coined the phrase "the nervous center of the internet" and uh, or the nerve center. Um, but I think I, <clears throat> I I go back to what we said on the Matt Frad show, which was. Um, talking about like if you wanted to complain about something back in the day, you know, it was probably a newspaper and you had to sit down and write a letter, a letter to the editor. You had to put it in the mailbox. You had to buy a stamp and slap it on there. You had to put your return address and sure you could fake it, but you were supposed to, right? So you weren't anonymous per se, right? And you also had time to reflect and think about your response. That doesn't happen now. You listen to... Like that one woman who who didn't want you on the Matt Frad show because you're a democratic socialist. Yeah, that was so weird. I that number one, that was so weird. But it was even weirder because now that we know who this person is, she was being a hundred percent truthful. And I was like, or she thought she not truthful. Excuse me. She was speaking what she thought was the truth about you. I thought it was a joke because it was so out. Like it was so nuts. And now it's like, oh, this is who this person is. Oh no. Oh no. So um, but the the idea that we're not reflecting, we're just responding immediately. And that that is the emotional response. And because it's so easy, it's only ever going to go to the emotional response. And I'm just gonna say this one little thing. I remember Merlin Mann back in the day, he had an app on his phone that was designed uh, written by one of his friends. And the whole point of the app was to compose tweets. But it didn't tweet the tweets. It was just a place to compose. So it measured how many characters you have and all that stuff. I think it would like auto-generate URL shorteners. You could fit more stuff. But the whole point was so that he could think about what he was going to say before he posted it. Hmm. And I remember hearing that being like, what the hell is the point of that app? And the, the way you <laughs> got out of that app was you hit a button and it said copy. And so it would just automatically copy everything when you were done, and then you would open up the Twitter app, and then you would hit paste. And that's how you used it to tweet. And the whole point of it was it's not going to let you tweet from it because it didn't want you to accidentally fire off some half-cocked, typo-ridden thing. Lord, do I need that. <laughs> and so that's the whole deal. Like, we, there is no – it's not meant for measured responses. It's meant for immediate responses. I like what Twitter could be, though. There's, like, there are things about it that, I, that it does have redeeming qualities to it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when you take Soren Kierkegaard and mash it up with uh, Kim, <laughs> Kim Kardashian. Kardashian. <laughs> or my – <laughs> One of my favorite accounts is they take on the wrestling gifs and combine it with Subway. What? It's wonderful. So it's just a count that says like a thing like when they forget to add when they forget to add mail and it'll like have like a wrestling uh Jeff. Let me find it really quick. <laughs> it's really, really funny. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean there's a lot of great stuff on Twitter. Don't get me wrong. But Twitter has become a mob mentality. And mobs don't do good things together. Yeah, we're gonna form a mob and we're gonna go gently and quietly read scripture. Quietly <laughs> no. read scripture. Yeah, we don't. We I read scripture very gently. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have one more thing that I want to talk to you about, but really quick. There's yeah. a new Endgame trailer. You want to watch it? Uh, yes, please. <laughs> I know. This is the part of the show where Luke and Gomer watch <laughs> videos. 
I know. I was, as soon as you started to talk, I went over to Twitter and I saw that and I was like, oh, shit, 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 shit. Okay, I'm going to exit out of Twitter. I'm going to go to YouTube. And I was like, oh, gosh, oh, gosh, Luke, pay attention to what Gomer is saying. Pay attention to what Gomer is saying. End <laughs> um, game. Okay, did you see what happened? Did you see what happened right at minute, minute 152? Um, uh, give me a second they, here. All the Avengers are walking. Yes. And they show... Captain America, Ant-Man, Nebula, Ronan, uh, Tony. Yep. They're all together. Yep. Freaking spoilers, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's a spoiler. You That implies that they all made it back to Earth. Do, do, do you think they're going to have that he's just going to die in the first act on the ship? Well, number one, not necessarily. No, I didn't think that. But that doesn't mean that they're all going to end up back on Earth together. That's a huge intersection. That bothers me. That bothers me. I, that I shouldn't have watched this. I shouldn't have watched this. Don't watch this if you want to be more surprised. That, it does not. I don't think that's that big of a spoiler. It's not that big of a spoiler, but it's ruining the movie now. No, I don't think it is because you know they're like they. Um, it's not going to be like Infinity War where there you know you have like three or four different plot like plot threads. It's going to be one big thing with the group because it's a it's the original Avengers. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm fine with that. I was I was speechless. I thought this was great. It is a great trailer. I just don't want anything spoiled. I don't I think nothing was spoiled there. I'm a broken man. I'm a broken man, Luke. I thought they set the tone. I I really like that. I thought that was great. <sighs> you seem anxious. I'm not anxious. I'm not anxious. I'm beautiful. Ah, <sighs> man. Where do we go from here, Luke? Where do we go from here? Well, the Catholic Church is a r- running joke right now, so that's fun. Did you watch that SNL skit? Oh, there was uh, two things apparently. So you had the uh, you had the John Mulaney joke, which I thought was a very well con- well constructed joke um, about his um, about his parents wanting his uh, now wife, then fiance, to convert to as he said Roman Catholicism, <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> The thing, and then then Pete, uh, Pete like Davidson had made a joke this past week about the church. I can't remember what he said, but it was, it was the ch- equating going to mass or supporting the Catholic Church is the same thing as supporting R. Kelly. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I was like, yeah, this. And he said, except R. Kelly has better music. <laughs> <laughs> is it bad that I'm laughing at that? <laughs> that line was really funny. <laughs> Everything else was trash, but that line was really funny. Kelly is better music. <laughs> She's like, he's like, my mom said, I'm going to go to mass. And he said, okay, well, I'm going to listen to remix to ignition. <laughs> Gosh. Uh, I just want to remind everyone. This is where we are. Exactly. Hierarchy. Exactly. This is where you put us. You didn't put lay people do this. They get fired and thrown into the police clergy do it and it's magically uh covered up this is where you put us yeah i just um i want i really want people who think that the church has a place within the culture or has or like has a voice i want them to watch that and be like no you don't and this is why this is how what? most millennials that's how most millennials and most of the nuns view you or view yeah, us we do have a place in the in the culture as the butt of every terrible joke. Yeah. Yeah. And uh that's not I I feel like we're getting a little bit on the a little bit like negative here, but I I I wanted to bring I, huh? I am so pissed right now. I'm literally just staring out my back window and I'm like getting angrier. And angrier. Are you angry about the church or are you angry about the end game trailer? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh equal parts. Or is one like feeding it to the other? No, no, I'm, I'm, I've totally forgotten about the end game trailer, <laughs> and I am just thinking like, this is really where we are. This is really where we are. R. Kelly peed on people. 
Yeah. I mean. R. Kelly married a 15-year-old. <laughs> I'm not laughing at. Oh no! Yeah, it just. I saw, this is how bad it is. I saw that, and I, I want like. I just, and I, it's not that I. I mean, I think S SNL now has gone a little bit off the rails with uh, certain things, but. Uh, oh yeah. There's oh, yeah. still like. I just like when you know, when I just hear people talk about how. Uh. Uh, oh, if we just did this, everything's going to be fine or like whatever. I'm like, no, it is over. It is over. And this is proof that it's over. Like we are rebuilding now and we got to play the long game and it's all over with people. No, Luke, there is no long game. There is only the end game. You you should be ashamed. (laughs) (laughs) Da, 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 da. We should just, for the opening antiphon, or opening music or whatever for Mass, it should just be the Avengers endgame music. <laughs> like the sad version of the Avengers theme. <laughs> like supporting R. Kelly, but with worse music. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, I, w- I was at a wedding where we requested remix to Ignition, and the DJ said, nope, yeah. he's a terrible person. And then we said... But the groom really wants it. And he said, if I get any complaints, I'm sending them to the groom. And we said, we don't care. <laughs> uh, we live in a dark time. Oh, man. Oh, man. What do you like? As a church, do, you just, do, do we just ignore this? Well, the Diocese of Brooklyn already popped a couple of shots out at SNL. But like, I, and I, I'll be honest, I, 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 I didn't really like their response. No, no. The response was, how dare you, sir? <laughs> it's like, just shut up. Just shut up. <laughs> like, this is how angry I am. I'm, I'm yelling at a PR department for a diocese <laughs> to shut up. I I really don't think there's anything left to do, but just like, like there are times now when I, when like I pray that my prayers are more about just trying to find God and trying to seek God. Yeah, just be like, where are you? I, w- I want to see you. I want to know where where you are. And it's and it's, it's it's like I don't know where God is, but I'm trying to, you know. Um, Jesus Christ founded two thousand years ago an international criminal organization. <laughs> on this rock, you will build your schemes. <laughs> <laughs> game upon scheme. Wheels like, upon wheels. You know, I mean, like the whole. Like, there are people who are celebrating. Honestly, like celebrating cardinal pell out in australia and yeah, six year sentence or whatever yeah. yeah now like this guy's case isn't as clear cut as mccarrick there's some like definite like people have i'm i'm not willing to go like he's innocent but right. i'm not i am also not as willing to um you know be like well he's obviously guilty as we are with mccarrick right right uh, and it, it's such an interesting case, and I don't want to get it. Damn it. You promised me, Luke, we would take a break. You promised me. I'm sorry. No, but the Cardinal Pell case. I'm a case, father he, that he, breaks his promises. <laughs> <laughs> Much like many of them. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, you promised celibacy. You, sorry, you promised chastity or whatever i don't know what they promise <laughs> yeah are you are you second guessing yourself because of that jd flynn yeah, Twitter yeah post? exactly i'm like you uh, you uh, made a uh, vow uh, of celibacy chastity you know i don't know what you did you know what you don't know what you did <laughs> you know what we're just gonna call it a day and go watch some snl oh luke luke i'm so pissed off <laughs> <sighs> like i am yeah so when I when I heard what Pete Davidson said, I was so pissed off that he would like that is horrific, you know. And it's like, well, I guess it's the only acceptable prejudice anti Catholicism. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah, but a bunch of dudes like raped a bunch of other dudes, like, and we knew about it. And we let it go, and we need to stop. Like, God. Oh, Luke, we got to end this conversation soon so I can go to a church where I work. <laughs> I know. I to gotta. prop up <laughs> this institution. 
I just like there are times that I'm like, can we just like stop worrying about our place in the culture? Yeah, yeah, because it's 100%. it's just gone. It's 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 gone. So let's just focus on let's work on ourselves for a bit. Let's get out of this relationship. <laughs> it's not them. It's us. Okay, it's not them. It's us, and we just need to focus on us for a for a for a, for a bit. And gain some weight in the 1500s. Yeah, we. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. It's time that it's time that we start asking some hard questions about us. When we stare okay. ourselves in in the mirror, I don't even I recognize who we are anymore. <laughs> you just become a really different person, and it's just I think this relationship is doing more harm than than good. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, Luke, you get all the breakup lines, bro. <laughs> it's almost like I've done it fifteen thousand times. <laughs> what are my breakup lines my breakup lines are i'm a horrible mess you don't want to be around me i think i'm uh, a priest i'm not I gay I'm but priest. i'm willing to learn oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, Catching Foxes, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Support us at catchingfoxes.com.fm. Catching <laughs> Patreon. <laughs> Patreon.com slash CF. If you want more jokes like that, patreon.com slash CF. Every dollar does not go to a legal fund. <laughs> <laughs> so be assured of your tithing yeah, dollars. Seriously. <laughs> don't worry. We I don't have anything where we need to hide anyone. So we're good. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, there are so many things I was gonna say. Hey, Filter kicked in. <laughs> Can't see it here. Hey Luke, guess what I'm doing on Saturday? Uh, are you, wait, are you coming here? Nope. Okay, I was like, whoops. <laughs> Go on. No, that's the 24th. I'll be in Cincinnati. Woo! Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, okay, so on Saturday. I'm speaking at the Catholic Ecological Awakening Conference. Yeah, that is that makes me so happy. <laughs> and I'm giving a a talk on uh, Catholicism, Laudato Si, global warming, and the poor. Look at you, man! Branching yeah, out. This this is this is me at my most sophisticated. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably gonna wear a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> you should walk in with like a pipe. And a blazer with elbow patches. Yes. Is it a tweed jacket with leather patches or a leather jacket with tweed patches? Why not both? <laughs> yes, both at the same time. And their collars will be popped. Um, yeah, so I'm giving a 20-minute TED Talk style address. It's going to be amazing. Great. That's lives awesome. will be changed. No one's lives are going to be no. changed. <laughs> and- but really, I, I, I want you to understand what I'm going to do. So I'm going to talk about the theology of creation like the theology of the body, and then I'm going to use it to preach the gospel to a bunch of people who I'm afraid that'll be in the audience are washed out, people who are not as doctrinally committed to their Catholicism as they otherwise should be. A lot of so short hair. A lot of short hair. So I'm going to put the Paschal Mystery in the center of our talk of my talk on climate change. I'm excited. I like it, man. I'm excited. I'll record the talk. I'll post it on Patreon. Maybe if it's good. Um, <laughs> hey, that that reminds me. I can't log into Patreon, so I need to know. I don't know why, because I feel like I've I feel like I'm I've abandoned them, and that, and I haven't. Everyone technical uh, difficulties. Yeah, I never. I have never gotten a text message saying I know. here's your login code. So Patreon for all you people out there, it only lets one person represent an, an account so if you have two or three people for a podcast or whatever it doesn't matter you only have one person do it and so i created the account originally that's why it says gomer and luke are making catching foxes but you only get one account so we have to share it and it's linked to my phone and all this stuff and they use these damn tooth enter two uh what do you call it two factor, two factor authentication often, yeah yeah so we have a name and password and then it sends me a text message but there have been times when Patreon just won't send the text message. It happened to me. Now it's happening to Luke. Well, well no, my my passwords won't even work. I can't, it's like not logging in. Oh, that's weird. I just logged in just now. Mm-hmm. Uh, or not just now, but right when we started recording. So uh, it's, that's still working. But 
Yeah. Hmm. Mm. Okay. All right. Well, hey, Luke, where can people find you? Ah, God knows. The bottom of a bottle. <laughs> okay. People can find me at Lay Evangelist. Uh, at the Luke V. We're on, oh, we're on Facebook, facebook.com slash Catching Foxes Podcast. Let's be honest here. If I, if I can get I'm logged in. The best place to find us is patreon.com slash CF. Again, that, that site, patreon.com slash CF. Hey, everyone, I got sad news. We are done with Catholic Match, but I'd like to thank our sponsors, Brothers and Sisters of Charity, a great community. Check them out.